from MZ Studios in Dallas, Texas, you're listening to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Welcome back to the Tennis Revolution Podcast. Oh, it's so good to be back. <laughs> Isn't it? We're happy to have you back. God, we're missing somebody. I haven't even noticed. Me either. <laughs> no. That lull in the uh, the void you're hearing is uh, Coach is not with us. He's coaching up a big match today, unfortunately. Yeah, I only come now when he's not here, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think it's not a coincidence when you two aren't here at the same time. No. I'm wondering. No. I think he fell asleep with the lack of uh, pro tennis there is in the world right now. Maybe yeah. He hasn't made it. Either that or he was so drunk on the excitement of the U.S. Open that he just couldn't stand to see any other tennis. Yes, from all his celebrity interviews and things. Yes, yes. Well, I will say, and everybody knows I'm all in tennis all the time, but this was probably the first Sunday in a long time I've come home and I've actually wanted to watch tennis more so than football because this uh, Labor Cup was pretty exciting. You know, I used to watch football, but I don't anymore. (laughs) But the Labor Cup is pretty, it was actually, okay, like three weeks ago, I brought up the Labor Cup. And we were like, what's that? Nobody wants to watch that. And I was like, it's going to be kind of cool. They're doing this thing in Prague and it's going to (laughs) be kind of fun and got amazing players. And coach was like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. It's never going to work. It's, I mean, why are they doing this? It's just a waste of time. And it was actually pretty damn awesome. Well, and here's the thing. I was excited about it when I heard about it, but I definitely had to lower my expectations because generally they never get the players they think they're going to get. Yeah, and they did lose a couple. They lost Elpo. Right, which would have would have made a big difference, I think. Yes. But he would have played, yeah, he would have played for the world team, which right. I think would have helped a lot. Oh, totally. Um, and then Raonic, I mean, he was probably never going to play but because yeah. he's been injured so much this year, but he would have added some you know, top 10 talent to the, the other team. Mm-hmm. But it was still a really good lineup. I thought that it was a fun, you know, battle between yeah. Europe and <laughs> the world. So, yeah, I th- for those that don't know, they had a European team against the world team, which the world team was just basically any any other country that has tennis. Yeah. Um, which turned out to be the United States. Right. Australia. And Canada. And Canada. <laughs> which I guess if you had like Del Potro or Nishikori, you know, there would mm-hmm. there could have been some mm-hmm. others. I was yeah. curious which team Djokovic would have been. I don't know if Serbia, that's got to be not Europe. No, I don't Serbia think. is technically Eastern Europe. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. It is it is European. So I, yeah, I if hate they to had disappoint. Djokovic and Murray... Playing, that would have been yeah ridiculous yeah it, it was already been. ridiculous it was pretty ridiculous it was ridiculously fun <laughs> well and i think because federer is involved in it and as long as he's still on the tour you know that's going to make this event a little more appealing once he fades away and it all fades away it may lose some of its luster yeah but you know what was i think what the really great thing about it was is what i was afraid of was that it, it was going to be kind of like just one of those other tournaments that isn't a tournament that it's just for fun that people are playing and, and it laughing was, and joking. Exactly. And, yeah. and they're not really playing. But this felt really great. It was real, real games, real sets, real, real competition. And it. And I think I think they were doing it for Rod Labor. Honestly, I think they right. wanted it to be real. And, and they good. didn't come up with any crazy rules like some of the yeah. like the world team tennis. Oh, my God. I still don't know how they always trust the crazy rules. And yeah, it's just too hard to follow. Like this was like we're playing real tennis. The third set tie break. I understand because mm-hmm. you've got to fit four matches in one day on one court. Yep. So you can't be playing three hour matches. Yeah, I don't mind. I actually don't mind that at all. You know, the third set tiber. I like seeing a whole third set. But in this case, it was so much fun to wait to see who was coming up next. Right. I didn't mind having a third set tie break. Yeah. So, 
And, and the tie breaks are fun because they're kind of cutthroat, you know, and, and right. And they're very unpredictable. Um, yes. So that's what I like about it. I would, I hate as a player, <laughs> third set tie breaks, but I like watching it because yeah. you just don't know, like most third sets, Nadal is going to win. When yes. you put him in a third set tie break, it really can be anything. And that's really any play. I mean, any of these two players could beat, you know, or any player could beat any other player in this tournament in a tie break. And, you know, speaking of scoring, they had a slightly different format because it wasn't just like sets one or anything. It was a different point system. Right. And so what I liked about that, so every each team had six players, mm-hmm. and they made every player had to play at least one match. Yes. So you don't just have a random person sitting there cheering, which... So they made British play. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then and then Tiafo, who, how Tiafo got on our team... I think because everyone wondering. dropped out, and he did so well against Fed. Yeah, I'm thinking they're like, okay, everybody else is injured, he's young, and people want to see him. He was exciting, he was fun to watch. And he, I mean, he almost won his match, but... It just, when I saw him, I was like, wait a minute, something happened here. Yeah. And then they kept seeing Kokonakis too. I'm like, he must be like the emergency 12th sub if something happens. I have to say, I kind of love Kokonakis. <laughs> One, the name. Two, he's actually, he gets so excited when he plays and I love his... Well, and as a fan, he was extremely excited. Yes. That may have been why they had him. You know, they were, they seemed a little, some of the younger kids seemed a little starstruck <laughs> by the right. bigger guys, which was kind of fun, but... um and it's rare for us in sports to see America as like the underdog. Yes. Which for this, that I think made it a little bit more interesting because we're used to just, like we were talking about, if we did this 20 years ago, it would have been America versus the world and America was still would have dominated. Yes. So now yeah. as, as, as coach would have told us if we were here, the greatest era in tennis. Well, Pete wasn't playing. <laughs> oh my God. He, yeah. he and Agassi would have just destroyed everybody. Six oh six oh. They wouldn't have been able to have an event. Maybe they'll do a Rod Laver singers. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then we can really see. Right. You know, because I think that Rafa and Fed could qualify for that. Yes, because if right. they had like a, a lower age limit. And then we could really see who the best player of all time is. Well, the reason I, the one thing I wish they would have done differently in the, well, there was a few things, but I think it should have been Team Federer versus Team Nadal. Ooh. And instead of this Europe versus the world. Because like Europe, I mean. I don't think they're in Austria we're rooting for Spain. You know, like it's not like yeah. we have some kind of camaraderie yeah. or us with Australia. It and was just weird, a weird linkage. Yeah, it is. It I'm is. like, let Federer draft and let Nadal draft and then see what happens. Ooh, like dream fantasy tennis. Right, exactly. You say these are the 12 players that are playing and yeah. then whoever gets first pick and you just go from there. And I think that makes the players have a little more of a chip on their shoulder too. Of like, okay, he didn't want me on his, his team. It's like dodgeball right. for tennis. Which, you know, the last, these last few days I was playing dodgeball <laughs> on the court, but that's a whole other story. Mixed doubles is always dodgeball. Yes. Um, but I, uh, I, of course I love, like everybody else did, the Federer-Nadal doubles team. Oh, so much fun. Which uh, I was not surprised they were a little shaky. Well, Query and soccer are pretty damn good. Right. And it was funny to see them almost hit each other, which they showed 15 times. <laughs> but um, it made me feel better about my doubles game to see that. Yeah, when when I guess Rafa was going up for an overhead and Roger completely had to duck down right. to like avoid at the last. I mean, at the last last second, yeah. uh, that was that was pretty scary. That would have been the first and last Labor Cup if they uh, had a collision and got injured. <laughs> so thankfully, that didn't happen. It didn't happen. But they looked like they were enjoying themselves, which is also great for the fans. And well, that's got to be so weird for them because they've had so many important matches against each other, and then to have all these matches where they kind of get inside into each other. Yeah, I wonder if any of that factors in when they play again. Interesting. Like yeah. what Nadal was, I guess there was a moment too where Nadal was coaching Federer. I didn't see that, but I didn't see um, that. There were some moments where I guess there were, and obviously in doubles, they were coaching each other, yeah. but I mean, Roger doesn't really play doubles, but Rafa, I yeah. mean, he won an Olympic medal in doubles, right. a gold, I believe. Yes. Which Federer has too, but yeah. it was, 
he just does it because he's so skilled, whereas Nadal actually plays like doubles. He's got strategy. strategy and, and vol- his volleys are great. Yeah. Federer actually looked pretty pretty out of place at the net. He did, actually. It was it was weird. Well, I think it's different when you're rushing the net versus just standing at the net. Right. And Sock was, he was hammering some of those forehands at those guys. Yep. And and McEnroe was encouraging that. <laughs> so I thought that was, I thought it was great. I mean, the yeah. McEnroe element to me was just the icing on the cake for this, to have McEnroe and Borg as the two captains. Yeah. It's it's like it, which to me, that again, that goes into Federer. It could have been Federer versus Nadal. I guess when you have Borg versus McEnroe, you don't need that. Yeah. But I mean, how great would that have been if today the final match to decide it, you know, was Federer versus Nadal? It almost was, but it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, obviously you can't make that work out yeah. that way. Um, I can't imagine they would end it on a doubles match either. But um, that, yeah, so if if they ended up tied, if if Kyrgios had lost or had won that last match, which he was one point away from doing, I have to imagine it would have been Federer and Nadal in doubles against probably Isner and Sock. Yeah, which is great, you know, star power and exciting. But I just don't know that this you want this to end on a doubles. You know, random double set. And it was such great tennis. I know. And it was a great last match, actually. Oh, it was. And what killed me was, I don't know, I'm thinking everyone's seen it because it's what, Tuesday today? Right. Um, But watching Fed, you know, it wasn't just like, yeah, I won, go to the net. He was excited. He was like, he was so thrilled to have won. And, And again, we go back to this dynamic of team tennis versus, you know, the solo yeah. tennis and the idea that Roger was playing for his team. And I think that really adds a lot of stakes to it. Well, but, and one of my friends was like, why are they trying to turn tennis into a team sport? And I'm like, because it's fun. Like that's, it's, that's what makes people play. I mean, you saw how interesting Kyrgios, that's the most interesting he's looked on the court yeah. in, you know, two years. I think he, and Kyrgios in particular, I think he responds better in team tennis because by himself, he, he doesn't care, right. you know, and he's even said that, but oh, yeah. I think that he had a team that he was playing for, that he felt good, even in like Fed Cup, you know, he, he does better. Right. Like, yeah. Davis Cup. Davis Cup. Sorry. <laughs> he doesn't play for the ladies. Sorry. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not but, um, Nikki Kyrgios. Nikki Kyrgios. Well, but, I don't know if you saw yesterday. Well, not yesterday to you guys listening, but Saturday, the McEnroe um, was coaching Sock. Yeah. And he essentially said, you've been on the tour long enough. You're 25. Like basically get your ass in gear and, and, and beat somebody. Wow. And I mean, we're listening to this and it's what we all kind of want to say to sock and Isner and these guys. And he's actually saying it. And immediately after he says it, sock breaks it all the next game. Yep. So, I mean, that's what a lot of these guys are missing. Well, know. they need someone to be rough with them. Right. I mean, maybe they're just being baby too much. I don't know. I'm not on the court with their coaches, but I'd like to be, <laughs> well, that, that could be the flaw in the dynamic about coaching is that when your player, when the player is paying the coach, I don't know if the coach is going to be as harsh as they sometimes should be. Yeah. I mean, maybe I should have said that to my partner today. <laughs> what the hell are right, you doing? Exactly. Just hit the damn ball and win it. Yeah. The problem is you have to see that person again. Yeah. You know, like McEnroe knows he's not coaching sock again, so True. it doesn't really matter if he offends him or, you know, he's not getting paid by sock or anybody else. So True that. But yeah, I mean, there was, I have very little bad things to say about it. I thought that the cameras were amazing. The, the court. I love the great I court. I thought that was great. The, uh, the way they did the advertising, I thought was great. Yep. It was like giant TV screens everywhere. Mm-hmm. They need to bring it to the States next time so that we can go. But. Well, so it's already set. Chicago oh, next oh, year. Let's go. We're going. I'm, I'm, yeah, our press passes are coming. Yeah, uh, We're going to start a year in advance. Um, but I think I was disappointed with how they promoted the event. I mean, yes, we talked about it, but I, like, I didn't even know it was starting. Yeah, this, this I, weekend. I, I didn't know either. Actually, I did know. I knew that it was starting around the 20th. Yeah. Um, I thought it was Monday. I thought it was a Monday through Friday event. I did too. And then, and then it, it started and I was like, oh, 
Oh my God. That is starting. Okay. <laughs> well, I got a text and somebody said that Federer and Nadal are playing doubles. And I was like, what? I thought it was just like a random <laughs> exhibition or something. Right. And then I was like, wait, the Labor Cup's already started. So it was, yeah. uh, it was, I was disappointed. I missed the first half of it. And then I saw the scores really close. Don't worry. Tennis channel will play it over and over <laughs> all next For the week. next month. Cause yes, there's no other there's tennis There's nothing going else going on except like the Korea cup or something like yes. that. Yes. But that's what kind of set the format up was, was, uh, you know, for it to be competitive because the first day with the matches counting for one point, basically the world team got blown out the first two days. Yep. But going in, if they win three out of four matches, they're tied. And so I was trying to think, we were talking about all the possible pairings on, on Saturday <laughs> night, and it was like, how could the world team get three out of four? I knew they could win the doubles, which was actually a struggle. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, you have to basically beat Federer and Nadal, yeah. or at least one of them. And they did. They beat Nadal. They did. But it was Query who kind of just didn't really queried. show up for the whole weekend. Yeah, he was, Query queried this weekend, which is he, awful. He just didn't have any emotion. He didn't seem to care. God, someone needs to light a fire under that boy's ass. I don't know. Well, it's weird. Like he's the opposite of, you know, curious. He can turn it on, you know, for, for random opponents yep. and then he just can't, uh, get the big ones. He can't bring it on at the important times. So that was weird. Um, I don't know who else they could have. I mean, Shapovalov has been playing so well. Shapovalov. Shapovalov. Maybe he could have, uh, given Zverev a run. He might've, but I don't know. It, I almost think when they set that matchup up, they're like, okay, we're going to lose that one. You yeah. know, Isner has a chance to get some doll, which I, I would have thought he would have had a chance the way he plays. Yeah. And then, and then Kyrgios has a chance against anybody. He just has to be in the match. Yeah. He has to believe that he can do it and care. So that, that, so he that can made do it exciting. I think for me, this tournament has to be, if it's going to be big time, just has to be on ESPN. That's not an insult to Tennis Channel. No. But at least the final day. But Corey, they're the fastest growing TV network in the United States. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. Um, yeah, they've, they've quadrupled their uh, viewers in the last 10 years because they didn't have any. I mean, <laughs> they went from eight right. to it's like pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the world. That's what I hear like weekly. And I'm like, well, when you start at zero, <laughs> it's not that hard to be the fastest growing. Yeah. But I just think, you know, football's got is not on ESPN on the nope. weekends. It's on network. Yep. So ESPN has got nothing to show on Sundays. So I'm like, put that on ESPN from 12 to five yeah. on Sunday, which they might do next time. Yeah. The time will work out better with it being in Chicago. But yeah. again, it, it could be, it could have been decided with an adult Isner and that would have kind of sucked that Federer and Curious would have, I assume not played mm-hmm. or if they did, it would have, they would have played for nothing. So that's kind of the, the problem when you get a team event like this, it can, it can turn into something where it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But I, I really do feel like everybody took it seriously. It wasn't something that, you know, they were just going to kind of let happen. Yeah. I almost wondered when I saw the score, I was like, okay, are they going to make this, set this up to where, you know, the, the world team comes back just right. to make sure we have a final, but I, but I don't think that was the case no, at all. Cause Nadal no. definitely wanted to win that match. Yeah, he always, Isner. yeah. And, and the doubles, they were definitely trying to win because it is, it's kind of an embarrassment. Like they were Sean Burdich was, was zero and three. Oh and it was Burdich. like, he's gotta be, I mean, you're around 11 of the other best players in the world and you don't win a match. It's just kind of embarrassing. Yeah. So, I mean that those guys, they want to, they want to impress their peers more than anybody else. I'm sure. Yeah. So that's what I think kind of separates this. Even Davis cup. Yes. You're playing for your country. But then you get weird matchups, and it's just—I think this was so much better than Davis Cup. It was—it was definitely a different feel. I—I I enjoyed it more. Like Davis Cup to me sometimes is boring, and yeah. But this—this this was like I don't know. It was just different. Well, I was surprised they were able to get like the team dynamic from those two teams because I thought yeah. like they wouldn't really care 
I want to know what the what the money involved was. I haven't been able to find that out yet, and maybe it's not public. I was just going to ask you. I was like, how much did each team win, or did they win anything, or did they? Because they partially, it's some of it's going to charity, some of it's right. Well, and Federer. So I was when you said the comment about Federer being so excited. I'm like, well, yeah, he was partially involved in this. So yeah, he was. It was perfect. I mean, it was the absolute perfect outcome for him. He won the match, and yeah. he got to play a dramatic final match. Mm-hmm. And so obviously that helped ratings and everything else. So I'm sure he's thinking that uh, it did pretty well for the first time. I'm wondering how it can live up to that in the future. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, next a year from now, they could be injured. A year from now, maybe they'll be retired. retired. Uh, yeah, that's what I was... I mean, they could still play this after they're retired. Yeah. Uh, which would be even... Which would kind of be more interesting. Well, and then we do the Labor Cup seniors. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, maybe we should just do Labor Cups for the rest of the year instead of the actual tournaments that are going on. They should do it quarterly. Yes. So, we. I mean, we want Davis Cup less often. We want Labor Cup more, more often. More often, Yeah. But I think that's a good problem to have, to have a tournament you want to see more. Um, I was wondering, you know, something to me that made this a little different than the Masters at the end of the year, because that you get the top eight players and you get the top eight doubles teams. But for this, to me, what separated this yeah. is you get to see all those guys play doubles. At the yeah. Masters, Federer's not playing doubles, no. you know, because they, they didn't qualify. You know what? You know, we talk a lot about singles, and I love doubles. I love what I play doubles. I play singles, great. too, but... It's nice to see, especially the top players in the world, like right. going at doubles. Well, and it made you want to, you know, watch doubles. You saw they, it was actually kind of what we can relate to about getting stuck with a partner we never played with. Yes. Or, you know, playing a really hard hitter or something. Uh-huh. I mean, there were some times when they were at the net and the ball just like, came blasting what do you do? at them. And, and they do the same thing. They're like, should I go back? Should I go up? Should right. I go to the side? What do I do? And then they're trying things the same way we do. So it was refreshing. To whereas, be whereas the doubles teams on the tour, they, they spend, you know, six, eight hours a day together. All they have all their thing, like, they have their whole pattern set up, and mm-hmm. when you got Federer at all, I mean, they've probably been on the court an hour. They probably yeah. played one practice set <laughs> leading up to, if even that. Yeah. And um, I usually play for like three minutes with my partner before <laughs> a match. I was just telling some of the ladies that I coach, I said, I said, if you see your opponents introduce themselves before the match to each other, Take just hit every ball down the middle because yep. they're not going to know, you know, who's supposed to cover that. Yep. Because I said they're probably not going to tell you they're their first time playing together, but usually the clue is when they walk and say, "Hey, I'm I'm Joe." I'm like, "Oh, nice to meet you." That's that's when you want to take advantage. Yeah, I, I'm really bad about asking my partner like before, right as we're starting, what side do you right. want to play? <laughs> Out loud while the other team's like taking notes. Yeah, and they're like, oh, yeah, all right. <laughs> but well, yeah, no. So yeah, I wish uh, to wrap this up for the Labor Cup, I wish they would have just made the teams a little more competitive. It, it actually worked out to where it was pretty competitive. It was. Um, so it kind of, you know, we were looking up actually tickets for next year. They're, they're 300, to get into the lower level is like over $300 per day. So they're pretty expensive. I was. I'm gonna have to go get myself out on the street. <laughs> well, and I mean, I guess you're talking about oh, four wait, matches. Right, exactly. We'll be courtside. Right. Um, but I guess they're getting four matches, you know, in one day with wow. with eight of the top or twelve with doubles. You know, twelve of the top At players least in the it's world. A third set tiebreak. And that too, but I don't know how. Yeah, I mean, that would be a lot of tennis to sit and watch consecutively. Yeah. But I guess you could, just like any tournament, you could pick and choose kind of the matches you want. True. And it was indoors, right? Yeah. yeah. And so nice. I assume the Chicago one will be indoors too. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, uh, it was nice. I, I liked it. I just, uh, I can't wait to watch it all again on tennis channel this week. Yeah. And, and with that, you know, that's the thing about having, if you get stuck with a bad match, you're stuck on that court and you got to wait for the match to end. That kind of lucked out where I think out of the, I guess there was 12 total matches. There was like one dud, which was, uh, yeah. Query lost to Federer pretty, meekly. pretty easily. Yeah. yeah. And outside of that, so uh, one thing I want to ask you, because we have played <laughs> team tennis. And, and <laughs> we I, have. And together even. Yes. 
and we have all seen the obnoxious kind of spectator or teammate oh and and we hate that well i felt like that america or the world team was kind of playing that role in this tournament yeah and it kind of you know i felt like Here's why I didn't blame them for that. They I felt like that was the only way they could have won. Yes. Yeah. That was the only way they could have won. I'm like, maybe rattle Nadal. And, and, and it worked in that match. Like, rattle him, you know, cheer, go on the court. I mean, Curious at one point ran on the court and like high five. I'm like, is that even allowed? I know. Um, <laughs> I guess it is. But I mean, normally I would say that's totally inappropriate and, you know, they need to be under control. But I'm like, you're down. You have to win the match. You're eliminated. To me, I sort of understood they were going to do whatever it took to win that. Yeah. Well, and, and, We've had, I've, I've had matches, um, where I have pros on the sidelines, you know, cheering. I had a match. I was on the sidelines for a match with a friend of mine who the whole team, they were the last people playing and the whole team came and started cheering every point. And every time she would call a ball out, they would cheer and pretend like it was in right? and totally try and throw her off. So, I mean, so I can totally see how they strategized in that you know, sense when we know how to doll house, how he's so stuck on all those, you know, those ticks and yes. Um, I was going to say stereotypes, wrong word, superstitions. There you go. Uh, and so I'd, I, I, I thought anything they can do to disrupt that. I, I understood it and yeah. it was all within the rules. I mean, it wasn't yeah. like a normal match where you couldn't cheer, Yeah. but it was just funny how the European team was sort of like, it was like they were watching golf. They just mm-hmm. sort of smiled when, when it all hit a winner. And then we're like jumping up and down. Like the first point in Isner won, they were jumping up and down. I'm like, okay, that was just the first point. Yeah. Like that's, you're not going to be able to do that for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, and they did. Yeah. Actually. And they, they stayed. I was wondering how that would affect Kyrgios after being out there cheering. I was like, you know, save some of that for your match in <laughs> yeah. case you have to play. You should have seen me at our nationals. Yeah. That was I mean, you. That was me. I was cheering every point for when I wasn't playing. And like I said, for that, I wouldn't have a problem with it because it's a national thing. If yeah. you were doing that, you know, we in had some guys in week. college that were like, every time we played them, they were like this. And I'm like, come on. It's like, this isn't that big of a deal. It's just one normal match. Yeah. I've been to some college matches and they do get pretty rowdy. And, yeah. And well, I think that was kind of going to what you said about you could tell they wanted to win. Yeah. Which I think that's what you want to see in any competition more than anything else. Yeah. Is that, you know, they're trying. <laughs> we like when people try. Yeah. It is a nice change. But so uh, we're almost out of time in this segment. So I'd like to. You've got something. Is there something else in the world of tennis going on? Oh my God. Is there something else? Going on? <laughs> I'd still like to talk a little more about the labor cut, yes. but um, I also want to talk about um, Billie Jean King and the battle of the sexes. Yes. I can't uh, wait for us to actually have something with the uh, pop culture and tennis mixed together that, that rarely happens. So. It does. There was that movie that came out on HBO <laughs> <laughs> a couple of years ago. I have no idea what you're talking about. The, what? 10, 10 days. Or seven right? days. Seven days in hell. Yes. The movie felt like seven days. <laughs> Parts of it were good. <laughs> so until that, uh, until that, or since that, we've had nothing else to talk about. Yeah. But when we come back, we're going to keep discussing some Labor Cup fun and maybe some Battle of the Sexes. All right. It's time to join the revolution. Go to our website, tennisrevolutionpodcast.com to get the latest episodes, email us your questions and comments, or give us show ideas. All right, we're back. We are back. So one kind of wrap-up topic I want to have about this Labor Cup, what can they take from this to translate to pro tennis? Oh, 
Because I think there were some great things in this that I hadn't seen before. Yeah. I thought the camera work was great. Oh. They had close-ups on all the players, like at every moment. It was very well planned and strategized in terms right. of what we would see. And I think it's a little bit easier also when they're in a setting that's indoors. True, um, and just one court. Yeah. So you can kind of... They're not dealing with 30 cameras. Yeah, put all your resources into that court. And, yeah. But was, I think they could do that at Arthur Ashe or, you know, the bigger stadium courts. Absolutely. And the Grand Slams. Absolutely. And... Um, it, it's a little harder, you know, when you're out on the courts and, and, and outside. Being a, a film person, I understand the logistics of it and what it takes. But, no, I totally agree. Um, they they had mics on the coaches. Yeah, they had, yeah. you know, they had the cameras getting, like you said, the close-ups of the players. We could really see the little things. I could see Rafa very intricately right. picking his underwear out of his butt. <laughs> Which is what we all wanted to see. It's totally... <laughs> what everyone was waiting for. Well, but, we haven't even delved into that topic of coaching on this podcast, true. surprisingly, but true. I liked it, I think, because it was a little more uncensored. I don't care about, you know, some coach saying, oh, go hit to her back in, uh-huh. come in, or, you know, hit to, you know, serve and volley. You know, to me, it was like uh, the stuff I heard from McEnroe. That was mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and kind of like you hear that in boxing sometimes, too. It's Abs- like, yeah. you know, I don't want to hear the strategy stuff. I mean, that's interesting, but but they, the strategies don't change that much during a match, from what I can tell. You know, and in... in in non Grand Slam, you know, tournaments and stuff, you see the ladies getting the coaches right. down on the courts and they're telling them stuff like, you know, you're not stepping in on your serve. Exactly. You're doing that. Control and, your breathing. You and, know. and I want to hear them come down and be like, what the hell are right. you doing? You know, why aren't you focused? Why? Yeah, what's going this on? This match is worth $200,000. Yeah. You know, you know this, this could make or break your career. You know, I, I mean, not really, but... Uh, <laughs> But no, I think having the coaching was really fun, and right. it was a, it was a it added to the dynamic of the whole event because I mean, hello, you know, Bert. I mean, I can't even say enough about seeing the two greats coaching. Right. Well, I'm I wonder if that's gonna that's the part I haven't heard. If that's gonna be a yearly, is it gonna be always Borg McEnroe, or is next year is it gonna be Agassi Sampras? I or, think it's gonna be it's know. gonna be Pete versus Pete, and then we. Yeah. Well, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the, the two greatest. Right, Pete and Pete. Pete and Pete. But no, I think I don't know. I mean, it I guess be... it's obviously got a European, got to be a European player and right. a and a and a uh, American or Australian player. Yeah. I guess is pretty much all we have. True. There's no Canadian legends. Not yet. So yeah, I mean, I don't know who else they could really get to live up to that. And you know what? I'd like to see some ladies. So yeah, another thing is, will we ever get this kind of an event for ladies? I think it needs to happen. It would have to be USA versus the world. Yes. Because yes. Europe versus the world would. We would have a big advantage in that. Yeah. USA versus the world would make it even. Yeah. If you had the Williams sisters and then on oh one team and then Sharapova, uh, Halep on the other team. I mean, but who would Sharapova <laughs> play for? Because she's <laughs> right. pretty much an American, but she's Russian when she wants better. to be. Yeah. I don't I, think she would be on I a team. I thought you were with... going to say which team would take her. <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that would be, those would be pretty evenly balanced teams, actually. Yeah. If you had, you know, Wozniacki, Sharapova. Uh-huh. Kvitova, all of the team, yeah, Halep, yeah. and then you have the Williams sisters and mm-hmm. Keys and Sloan. You know, Sam Stoser could right. play for the world True. team. There's so, I mean, there's so much more. And you know, if Brian were here, I, you know, I know what he would say. <laughs> oh, the girls aren't going to draw in the money, right? Of course. Uh, you know, and it would be different. But if they touted in the same way, if they, you know, yeah. made it, I would love to see. I would love to see a women's event. You know, let's come on, Billie Jean King. Let's right. put this together. Well, I think the one thing about this, as I said, is if you're watching a Tiafo, you know team matchup and it's you know six one three one 
mm-hmm. you're stuck on that court until it finishes. Or if you had a, it was a co-ed event, yeah. you oh, could have a women's court going at the same time. Makes, and maybe that's a better match. Oh my God. Um, imagine Serena and like Rafa and oh, yeah. Roger. That's, and I didn't think about that. Yeah, you mean like uh, I mean, combined scoring with men and women all together. That yes. would be actually, yeah, interesting too. I mean, that would be so much fun. And yeah. And then you could make the final, like you said, mixed doubles would be the final mm-hmm. match or however you want to do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, Serena and Serena and Isner versus Hingis and Federer. Oh my God, I mean, amazing! That would be great. Yeah, I mean, so I, I think would, there are some tweaks they could make. But yeah. it's funny how the women don't seem to be quite as active about trying to come with these new events. I mean, Billie Jean King World Team Tennis, but that was you know thirty. That was thirty five years, years ago, ago. And, yeah. and they you know I think it's kind of fallen off the edge. But that's a whole other right. story. <laughs> um, but no, I mean. Th- I don't know other things that they could do that they could relate to, you know, some of the other pro, you know, the poor tour and whatnot. Definitely the cameras. Definitely, I don't know. Some of the scoring was yeah. interesting, but I don't think they could really do that necessarily. But no, I mean they could for Davis. But Cup for Davis and, and like Fed that. Cup and stuff. I mean, I don't think they're going to go to tie breaks. Yeah. Even on the local, the smaller tour, they wouldn't do that because they want the bigger names to do, go deeper in the tournament. That's yeah. going to make the results more. Do they do five sets in Davis Cup? I can't. Remember. They do. They yeah, do. Which oh. people, which is why a lot of people don't want to play. I'm sure. I mean, I think if they made it a three set best of three, I think that would, uh, you know, not only help the players, you know, because I mean they're just fighting fatigue and. Well, and what nobody ever talks about the Davis Cup does, which is horrible, is they play two singles on Friday mm-hmm. and then a doubles on Saturday only. And then two singles on Sunday. That and makes I'm like, no sense whatsoever. So you're going to go to the venue to watch one doubles match with relatively unknown players a lot of times. Yeah. And then and then I think you buy your ticket for the whole weekend. There's no option. So that's how they get people to do it. Uh-huh. Whereas this this Labor Cup, I think you got it. You could do it day by day. Day by day, yeah. And each day, I'm sure, it was more expensive. Well, you know, and, and it wasn't perfect. So I think that, you know, they'll take from this first, you know, yeah. cup and then move to the one in Chicago and make it even better. Right. Um. But yeah, I I think... Yeah, let's see some ladies out there. And I think that would be interesting. Yeah. Or maybe they alternate it, you know, one year it's women's, one year it's men's, yeah. and you alternate each year. Or make it a two, you know, a bi-yearly thing. Right. Might fall and spring. Yeah. Because spring is a fairly... Because there's kind of a lull in the spring. I mean, right. we've got Indian Wells and we've got Miami and stuff, but... but between this, the Australian and that, if it's they did it, If they did it, like, let's say February... Yeah. You know, there's not, I mean, Like the weekend after the Super Bowl or something, for example. Yeah. Like, why right. aren't we on this planning committee? <laughs> We should be on all the committees. Yes. We want to do some more events so we can go to them for free. Take note, Twitter. <laughs> well, yeah. one one uh, event that we can all go to is what you alluded to before the break. About, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, my God. Here we go. This we is go. the great thing. Yes, it's coming out. Coming out, actually. It's actually in select theaters right now. Uh-oh. Uh, How are we, you not there right now? Because I've been playing my ass <laughs> off for the last four days. Looking back, would you rather have been in the theater? I knew the answer. I just wanted to hear. No, I I enjoy playing. I just wish I hadn't. I had two matches today. But no, so um, some very exciting tennis news, which I think is great because tennis doesn't get a lot of the press that it should. I mean, how many people have you ever asked somebody? I said, have you ever played tennis before? And I think every (laughs) person you ask, whether, you know, they're 90 or eight, says, yeah, I played tennis in PE or yeah, I played tennis in high school or. So I think it's a universal sport. Definitely. and so coming out in theaters, I, I'm, I'm promoting this movie because I think it's going to be great. I have not seen it yet. Right. Don't endorse it yet. Yeah. But I'm excited to see it and we could treat it like a tennis match and then come back next week after <laughs> right. we've seen it and like review it. But um, so Battle of the Sexes. Yes. It is the great story of. <laughs> <laughs> 
Billie Jean King and Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs. And actually some really big names in the film too, which is really That's awesome. the part I have no idea how they got them. I'm very happy they did. It's a pretty, I, I've, I've seen parts of the script. And, oh yeah? Yeah. And nice. it's, it's a really good script. It's a great story. I mean, it really is a great story. September 20th, 1973. There you go. Great. In no less the Astrodome. Yeah. <laughs> In Houston, Texas. So yeah, they got the biggest venue at the time, at probably, the time. and the biggest female name at the time. Yeah, I don't think people necessarily knew who Bobby Riggs was, but that's why he made he, he like made a, himself very well known. At he the time. did. He was a jokester, and yeah. he liked to be the center of attention. And he was actually a pretty good tennis player too. Right. And uh, and decided to challenge. He actually, I found this out later that he had also challenged um, Navratilova. Okay. And uh, or not Navratilova was it court? He beat. Margaret Court. Yes. Before Billie Jean King, I believe. What I was saying was Navratilova later played a match against, I think, Jimmy Connors. Okay. And lost. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And it was called Battle of the Sexes 2. So I didn't even know there was that. So yeah. that's, that's I don't think many people did. But, <laughs> but now I'm really excited to see Emma Stone is playing Billie Jean King. Yeah. And I think they, I mean, you obviously can't get a bigger star than her right now. So oh, she's amazing. I love her. And, and Steve Carell. Uh, as Bobby Riggs, who's always hilarious. Steve Carell, I mean, amazing actor, and I think he's going to embody Bobby pretty damn well. <laughs> well, my favorite line from the uh, preview, and I don't even know if, if Bobby Riggs actually said this, but <laughs> he says, I'm going to put the show back in chauvinism, and every time I see that, <laughs> I start laughing. because well, I, I uh, thought Coach said that. <laughs> I think that's where they got that. Yeah. <laughs> he should sue them for... Did they go to college together? Copyright <laughs> infringement. Um yeah, I, I'm excited about it because uh, when you said uh, the question you asked people all the time, I thought you were going to say, what's your favorite tennis movie? And usually there is no answer. Yeah. Because Well, just, that too. There's like one. There, yeah, there's been a couple that are like marginally about yeah. tennis. There is another one, another tennis movie coming out. Maybe it's already come out in Europe, but not in the States yet, which is Borg. Right. Is that the name of it? I think so. See, I don't even know the name, but I knew that was also coming out. And well, it's also got some decent up. stars, too. It does. Um, it's It's got my favorite, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, but no, actually, I'm, Shia plays John McEnroe. Right. And um, I don't know. It, it looked, I saw a lot of previews for it, and it looks visually stunning. It okay. looks like a really good, and actually, being a film, you guys may not know this, but I'm a film professor. I'm a filmmaker, aside from being a tennis freak. Um, <laughs> so... Yes. Being able to see these films about something that I love so much is really awesome. And so I watched, if you watch on HBO, they have the making of Battle of the Sexes. Nice. And so they interview Emma Stone, Steve Carell, um, Sarah Silverman <laughs> is also in the movie. That's enough for me to see it right there. Yeah, but they talk a little bit about how they shot the film. And, you know, it took place in 1973. Right. And so they didn't shoot the film in HD. They shot it on film. Stock. Okay. So it's shot on film with film cameras to make it look like it's from that era, right. which is pretty awesome, yeah. I think. And it's, you know, I have to give him total props for that. It's a lot of fun. Well, and the only thing I haven't figured out about it is, is the movie more about Billie Jean? Is it more about Bobby Riggs? Is right. it about the match itself or is it all the above? I think it's all of the above and it's a very interesting look into her life because, you know, as you know, Billie Jean is not of the heterosexual. Um, what? I know. It's shocking. <laughs> but no, so I think it really delves into her life and not just the tennis, you know, that she, it's not just about the match. It's also about getting equal pay for women. And yeah. there's a lot in the film that delves into, you know, what women did to fight to get equal pay because they were getting nothing compared to what the men and right. were getting. And, and even up to, you know, a few years ago, it was the same way. So they've really kind of, they changed, they, they changed the tennis 
right. world. And despite the fact that, I mean, people were going to these tournaments because they were co-ed tournaments. Right. Yeah, you know, that's what, you know, they, they had done studies essentially that the tournaments were making more money because they were co-ed. Yep. As they still are. They so, yeah, still I, are. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I think, uh, I don't know if it'll be an amazing movie. I hope it is. The only I thing I'm so. worn, wondering about, you know, so it's a, it's a kind of a commonly held theory now that Bobby Riggs lost that match on purpose. And, yeah, that and would I be an interesting. I wonder if that's going to be, I don't think that will be addressed in the movie. I think they do actually address it to a degree. They've got to talk about because, because his gambling issues. It's, or, it's not like he got up on a stage and challenged her. Right. You know, he called her up. They discussed putting it together. Yeah. He wanted to help her. He right. wanted to help women in tennis. He wanted to build it. And I think that a lot of it was for show, but we'll have to see what happens in the movie to right. actually see. Because I don't, I don't know. I'd I'd like to believe that he did put all of it in, yeah. you know, and that he did play her and, and they, they played three sets Okay, they, and it, it was, it was not, it was, you know, well, she won all three, right? She won all three. Yeah. So it was a three out of five set, but it yep. didn't go to, it didn't, it didn't go, go to five. Yeah. Well, and I think what I have heard is that at the very least he didn't necessarily take the match seriously, meaning he thought he was going to win. Right. So if he, so I mean, I mean, that's sort of reminds me of our local league where somebody yeah. loses like, oh, they must not have tried. Well, it's right. Like, how great must you be that the only time you lose is when you're not, when you're trying to lose. But so, it was three sets and right. it's not like she won seven, six, seven, six, seven, six. She, it was like two, four and three. Yeah, and you something. would think if he was really, you know, even if he was throwing it, he would have still wanted to make it competitive. Yes. Um, just for prod, if nothing else. Yeah. So, so. that's the part um, I'm interested in. And what, what people don't realize that's still to this day, the highest rated tennis match on TV, yeah. which is pretty crazy when you think about how long ago that was. Yep. Now, part of it is with there was less channels then, so what? a lot of things were higher rated then. But um, <laughs> we but weren't even around then, Corey. <laughs> oh well, yeah, true. But there was I don't know how many channels there were. Rabbit ears, four channels, probably about four or watch. five channels. But I'm thinking that's kind of sad for us now that we can't get a tennis match that they can get that many viewers. That's true. But so who would you? Who would you? So apparently we have to call it Battle of Sexes three now because there was already a two. Yeah, who I would, think. Who would you put in the Battle of Sexes three? Well, definitely Serena. It's got to be. Um, and you know it's kind of weird though, and it's like because Battle of the Sexes one, if you think about it, you know, Billie Jean King played Bobby Riggs. Bobby Riggs wasn't a pro tennis player, right? Um, she was twenty nine, he was fifty five. Yeah, which is a huge thing. Um, I I have played some seventy year olds that have <laughs> whooped my ass on right. the court. So and I'm I'm younger than 70 let's just put it that way <laughs> yes slightly. but i don't know this would be an interesting thing i think um serena was <laughs> john McEnroe actually when his book came out this last year made a lot of comments about right. serena not being able to beat a top 500 male yeah. player so who was the guy that said oh uh tersonoff or was it 300 he was 700 okay 700 sorry yeah. so i don't know let's get tersonoff out on the court with serena but i think well, I see, I so. thought you were going to say McEnroe. That's always been the one people wanted to see. But now, he's, that would have been 10 years ago. That would have been great. And I'm not trying to be ageist or anything, but I'm sorry, he's too old. Right. So 10 years ago, I would have loved 10 that. 10 years ago would have been paid. great. That could have been pay-per-view. I would have watched it. Yeah. Now, I'm just thinking, it's, no, it's he's not in his 60s competitive and, enough. Yeah. And she's still pretty fit. I think if you threw out maybe Agassi or even yeah. Roddick, I mean, somebody yeah. like that. Roddick's got a little bit of that edge. He could play that Bobby Riggs role. Yeah, you that's know, true. Somewhat. But I just this, his style of play is not that fun to watch. No, and 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 it you know I don't know this would be something worth and I'm sure a lot of other people have kind of like thrown this around and yeah um you know but, but I think Serena is definitely like you said it's got to be Serena yeah um even if it's after she retires she would have to be the one yeah 
representing the women in that regard, but I don't know who the male person would be. I mean, and it's it's funny because it's like I think she could be competitive with anyone in the top fifty of the male. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying she would win, but I don't think she would lose love and love against anybody. Well, and I will say that the part that never gets talked about in that matchup is, the, you know, the crunch, the pressure, playing ability. I don't care who you are. If you're playing someone who's won twenty grand slams, I don't care if men's or women's. There's going to be an intimidation factor there. Yes. You know, if I play somebody, if I play the best 10-year-old in the world (laughs) in any sport, I'm going to be a little bit intimidated going in because Mm -hmm. I just don't know what I'm getting into, the level, you know, so that's, I mean, I guess people have seen, they've all seen Serena play, so they know what what to expect, but I still think it's just a different, a different mindset when you're out there in front of that many people. Yeah. So I think to start with, if Serena played someone, it would need to be someone around her age range as well. So Um, you wouldn't do the 20 years older like the original? No. I don't think that's, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. I don't think it's, and it's, it's not realistic and it's, and it's also kind of a, a put down to Serena, to right. be honest, because I think, I think she's, compa- I think any of the ladies would compete, you know, minus like the Vinci or, right. you know, some <laughs> the of slower the, hitters. yeah, Radwanska um, even maybe, but like, you know, they were talking about Madison keys that they were clocking her forehands and that she has a faster forehand than any man right. on, the tour. on average. Yeah. On average. Right. And which to me is just like stunning, but, yeah. and you know, I just wish you could keep that, <laughs> but Serena's forehand, I would imagine is pretty damn good. And her back. I'm sure it's similar. Yeah. And her serve is obviously when she hits the spots, yep. no one can return. It doesn't matter the gender. Yeah. So, I mean that, I, that I do agree with. I think her serve is also underrated in that, in that comparison. Yes. So, so yeah, I think there's a lot of things that need to go into it, but, and I, honestly, I don't know if Serena would go for it. You know, what does she care? She's the highest paid female athlete right. in the world. What does she have to gain by it? Like yeah. Billie Jean keeps trying to accomplish something. What does Serena need to accomplish? Right. And I think that when, when Billie Jean and Bobby did this, it was, you know, it was to prove a point and it right. was a good point. And I'm glad that, and I'm not glad. I mean, I'm ecstatic that she fought, you know, because yeah. And, and I, and I think Bobby did it to help her, yeah. I think, you know, and, um, so, you know, Serena has nothing to prove in yeah. my opinion and, right. you know, haters are going to hate, talkers are going <laughs> to talk as stupid as that sounds, you know, but I don't need Serena to prove to me that she is still the greatest player, female player of all time. You know, I can't say she's the greatest player of all time, you know, cause you know who that is. <laughs> I've never. Oh wait, where's uh, coach? If you don't listen to the podcast, <laughs> you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know, right? But um, so yeah, it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting thing to me. Yeah. And I, I would fully support her doing it, but at the same time, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I would only watch it kind of the same reason I watched you know, Mayweather McGregor. It's just to me, yeah. it's entertainment value. I'm not really wouldn't have a rooting interest necessarily. I just want to see, you know, how competitive it would be, and and yeah. some of the the preamble too is what's going to make this movie exciting is just all the talk going into it. That's the problem. You don't have any characters like that. Now it's more politically correct. Yep. You know, some of the stuff he was saying, yeah, people couldn't say now. And but then again, know, our president does. Oh, please so. don't bring that up. <laughs> so why couldn't someone... I don't need to take the knee right now, Corey? Yes. Um, but I did want to say one thing that we talked <laughs> during the U S open about the fashion. Right. And I think actually one of the, one of the biggest topics that I saw in the making of film was actually the fashion that, um, because women were required to wear white. Okay. Right. And then Billie Jean and her team of girls, ladies, really, they went out and they had new tennis outfits made. Nice. And it's part of the movie. And they okay. talk about Alan Cumming plays I saw the, the designer. I saw 
And so I'm actually really excited to see the costumes that they're going to have in the film. Well, and will they sell those? My God. When comes out? I will wear them. Right. I mean, a lot of people would. <laughs> so give me your number on how much money this movie will make opening oh, weekend. Geez, I don't know. Not a lot. I don't think, I think it's going to be. Well, I don't know if anything else is out that weekend. That's part well, that's, of it. That's why they release movies in September. Right. It's because it's post big summer yeah. blockbusters and. Like, uh, for instance, there's another movie that's opening, uh, Kingsman, I think it opened this weekend. Yes. But and that'll make, it, it made a ton of money. It made a ton of money and it's getting bad reviews, but I haven't seen it yet. Right. So don't take my word. Go see the Kingsman. Don't. <laughs> well, and I, I will make one guarantee on the podcast that, um, the battle of the sexes will, will be better than mother. What? Which is the worst, one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Oh, I like Aronofsky. <laughs> I love Black well, Swan. I love Black Swan too, but. Not I want to go see. I like Jennifer Lawrence, but I, I'll still go see it. Well, um, but we can discuss take mother. That as my negative critique. We can go have a shot. Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, how much money? I don't know. I'd like to say it's going to make fifty million. You know, probably total. But it, yeah, it, I think if it makes twenty plus on the opening weekend, that'd that would be, be amazing. A, a success. And they are promoting the hell out of right. it. Right. Well, I was wondering, are they promoting it, or is it just because we watch tennis all the time that they're promoting it? No, I actually, I've seen commercials for it. And also they're promoting it on HBO. They're promoting nice. it. Yeah. And okay. um, actually it was funny. I watched the making of, and in the, in the thank yous, my roommate from grad school was in the thank yous, which oh, was nice. kind of fun. But he, he works for um, like, I think Sony pictures or something. So. Okay. But, um, which I could be wrong. About, but. Anyway. <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be great. I'm and, excited for us to talk about it. Yep. And, and, I, and I, we will talk about it because I don't know what the hell's going on in tennis this week. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Well, and um, I will. Davis Cup, maybe. Because he's not here, Rebecca, I have to tell you this. Who? He told me, the coach said that the Labor Cup was amazing. Do you believe that? No, I he don't He actually believe you. corrected himself and said it was a much better event than he thought. Oh, my He's God. not here to talk about all the flaws. And, and <laughs> I don't know if you heard our last podcast, but it was a very pro USTA podcast until <laughs> we actually started talking about it. And then it was. We decided there were many problems with the program, but so it would have been the same with Labor Cup. But he did say he was very impressed with the product. So okay, well that's something. we actually all three agree on something. Can you believe it? I wonder what his take on having a women's Labor Cup would be. <laughs> we already know the answer to that. I do. They won't bring another anyway. Anyway, it's been really great, Corey. Always, Coach. Oh wait, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> he, he will be back next week. He we will hope, be back, and we will find something amazing in the tennis world to talk about. Yes, and but um, for the time being. Tell your friends, tell yes. your neighbors, tell your tennis partners and their partners and their partners' partners about the tennis revolution. Retweet our podcast on or, Twitter like Brad Gilbert did. Or yeah, tell your friends on Facebook. Tell them on Instagram. Tennis Revolution, guys. Yep. We are All where right. it's at. Join the revolution. We'll see you next, or you'll hear us next week. Bye, guys. Bye.